Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kalolomba podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the midweek series on how to study the word as he teaches on how people fall into error. In this sermon, the man of God shows us that the Bible doesn't promise us that we won't encounter false teachers. He further shows us how it does promise that we can grow to a place where we are not tossed around by false doctrine. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening that we have. And we're going to go into God's Word. And in this session, we are continuing with what has really been a midweek Bible study. And interestingly, we've been talking about how to study the Bible. Praise God. I pray you've been getting blessed. I pray you've been increasing in revelation. And today, I'll take a very interesting turn, which might take me about two weeks. But I'm going to explain why people fall into error. Move how people fall into error. I'll explain how people fall into error. A few reasons, or should I say a few ways in which people fall into error. Now, when we're talking about error, we're talking about missing the mark, but there's a place where it, go, it gets worse. It can come to a place called heresy, okay? But we're going to start it off from the place of error. And I would like us to read Ephesians chapter number 4, and we're going to read from verse 10. Ephesians chapter number 4, and we're going to read from verse 10. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now we'll read it, and it's a very common text, and I love to begin with it because it, it really... We'll start from verse 11. It really shows the role that a pastor is supposed to play. You know, this kind of sermon is one that should be listened to by everybody. You should listen to this sermon if you're a member of this church. You should listen to this sermon if you're a pastor, you're a teacher. You should listen to this sermon as a believer. Everyone should listen to this. So the Bible says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, or a better rendering puts it, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of knowledge, 
to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I love the fact that it says, till we all. So the aim of a man of God should be to ensure that everyone comes to that unity of faith and knowledge. Not some people, not a few people, but all of us. And now, th this, this leaves it very interesting because you find there are some of us who have not taken keen interest in studying the word, and we say this is for the theologians. But the Bible says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And that's why you must be interested. When we say we've got foundation class, be interested. When we say we've got establishment class, be interested. When we say we've got a special class, be interested. Because the mandate is that all of us must come to this place of knowledge. Praise God. Now, let's go on that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I, I, I would really like that to be our headline text for today. I would like that to be our headline text. The Bible is not telling us that false doctrines will run out. For false doctrines to run out, false teachers have to, be run, have to run out. And we've been shown that false teachers are the biggest, they could be the biggest problem of the latter-day church. That could be the biggest problem. It's false teachers. How do we know? We were warned by our patriarch. Look at 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies and even denying the Lord who, who bought them and bring on themselves swift destru destruction. Let's go back. There will be false teachers. The Bible doesn't tell us to, uh, I don't know, you know, take time and uh, we'll go back to Ephesians 4. The Bible didn't tell us, no, maybe let's sit and all the false teachers will be carried out. No. If you've read the parable of the wheat and the tares, the fact of the matter is they will grow together. So what's the solution? The solution is what we do with believers. The solution is how we equip believers. The solution is the knowledge that we feed believers. Because a believer can reach a place where he's no longer a child. And if this believer is no longer a child, he won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You can come to a place where you're not moved by false teachings because of the knowledge that you've grown in. Where if a person comes with trickery, I'm not talking about teachings that come by revelation of the Spirit, no. I'm talking about teachings that come by trickery of men, craftiness, deceitful plotting. They, they won't be able to move you because you would have grown. Praise God. So do you see why I'm saying this is a sermon everybody must listen to? Because a false teaching can rob you of your destiny. A false teaching can rob you of an encounter with God. A false teaching can rob you of your relationship with the Lord. It can rob you. So this is an important thing. So let's look at a few ways in which 
and and as i'm discussing it it will be coming both from the perspective of teachers and the perspective of listeners because i believe i'm speaking to a mixed audience the first reason should i say the first way in which people fall into error is teaching what people want to hear teaching what people want to hear second timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 second timothy 4 verse 1 i charge you therefore before god and the lord jesus christ who judge the living and the dead at his appearing in and his kingdom uh-huh preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching uh -huh. for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers here the problem is not just the teachers the problem is not just the teachers the problem is also the people. They don't want to endure sound doctrine. And they will heap for themselves teachers. Are you aware that there are teachers who've risen up right now to defend uh, men lasting after men and women lasting after women? There are teachers who've risen up to defend that. And you know, what, and you know what's happening with society? Society is constantly changing. So you find there are people who, whose doctrine changes with the change in society. There are some topics which back then you would have been clapped for if you preached about because you would have said, ah, this man is so moral. Now you can be called immoral when you speak against what the Bible speaks against. So if you're not careful, if you try to be that person who pleases the masses, you end up diluting the scriptures you must realize that in certain circles, the word of God is unpopular. The Bible says not all men have faith. In certain circles, the word of God is unpopular. You must realize that. It says not all men have faith. So never lower the word to match people's experiences. Instead, the word of God must grow those people to the level of the word. Don't lower the word, both from the perspective of a teacher and as a listener, you must realize that as long as you are hearing the word of God, there will be times you'll be convinced, sometimes you'll be rebuked, sometimes you'll be corrected. It's part of growth. There is an aspect of correction when it comes to the word of God. The word of God can challenge your way of thinking. I hope you're getting my point. I remember once I was having a conversation. I think I was at the University of Zambia. And I was having a conversation with some people, and they taught me they were Christians. So I thought, well, we're having a conversation. And I remember, I think a random topic came up. It must have been marriage. And I remember one of them saying, you know what? That's why for me, before I marry, I should have lived with a guy at least for two years. And I said, are you serious? That's not what the Bible says. And aren't you afraid that if you do that, you're going to end up in fornication? And the person said, ah, come on, everyone is doing that. I'm thinking, 
And I remember being told, you know what, that's why I don't like pastors like you. I like pastors like, and they mentioned the name of a certain pastor. At least him, he was a womanizer before, so he knows how these things were. I was thinking, oh my goodness. And I became very unpopular in that circle. Standing for the truth will not always be popular. I, I, I can tell you right now that if you had to go by biblical principles, somebody will think of you as judgmental. If you had to go by biblical principles, somebody will think of you as uptight. But learn to preach, obey, and follow the word, whether in or out of season. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll tell you another one. There is this longing in people for something mysterious. Now, as mysterious as our God is, he is also very simple. He reveals himself in very simple ways. Notice how he says, you have hidden these things from wise men and revealed them to babies. Let me show you what I mean. Look, we're looking at this, eh? 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Next verse. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You see that? Fables. You read in Ezekiel, you see about false visions. If you take time to study 2 Peter and take time to study the book of Jude, you realize there are people who are moved by anyone who comes and says, an angel told me. That's why Paul had to say, don't you know that even an angel can, even Satan can masquerade as an angel of light. It's like, I've seen cases where someone comes and says, you know what, you know, I know this may not sound like it makes more sense. I'm just trying to tell you what the angel told me. Who cares what the angel told you? No, no, no. What did the Apostle Paul say? If anyone preaches any other gospel, even if it's an angel, let them be cursed. That's what he said. So there is this desire. It's like if I came today and said, I believe everyone will be healed today because Isaiah 53 says so. Yeah. If I came the next day and said, well, I had 15 visions and there are 49 angels that came and they told me let's get a special leaf from a mango tree. And, if, and whoever just leaks that leaf, everyone will be healed. Because, because of the methodology, because it's, you know, and, and I'll tell you something. Not everyone who says they had a vision really had it from the Lord. Why do we subject prophecies, visions to the scriptures? Because God is not inconsistent. He's the same God who wrote these verses. He's not inconsistent. And that's why you will notice that sometimes some of the worst doctrines come in prophetic ministries. It's because if a person says they had a vision, now who tells you Satan can show you one? Why do I say so? Haven't you seen what happened with the Lord Jesus? Did the Lord Jesus see a vision? How do we know? Do you remember when the Lord Jesus was being tempted? Don't we see in the scriptures where it says, and Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world. That's interesting, don't you think so? Satan showed him all the kingdoms and says, bow down to me and all this will be yours. What am I trying to say? If you are a believer, generally a believer should hunger and should love the supernatural. But don't place it above the word of God. 
to an extent that you can abandon the truth simply because somebody came with a story. And that's why you find that sometimes people struggle with men of God who are simple. That's why sometimes it says they'll heap for themselves teachers. People end up creating this ideal pastor or this ideal prophet who has to be extremely mysterious in everything that he says. But that's not the way it is. That's not scriptural. And usually those are very easy to be deceived. Praise God. What am I trying to say? I believe 100% in visions. I've had several visions from the Lord. But you know something? The moment you only pay attention, if I say I had a vision, then I'm afraid for you. I'm afraid for you. The biggest thing that should, you should get your utmost attention, the biggest thing that should steer you up is the scriptures. That's the biggest thing that should steer you up. That should be the foundation because it's by it that we're even able to test. Praise God. How many of us are following? I'll tell you another reason, or should I say another way people fall into error. Extremism in teachings. Extremism in teachings. I wonder if extremism is a real word. <laughs> Being very extreme. Now, when we look at the word extreme, we're talking about somebody who's put in an exaggerated emphasis on something. And the trouble with this is that if you're not careful, you can ignore everything else that has been said. You can ignore everything else that has been said. Now, the trouble with ignoring everything else that has been said is that you're not practicing Second Timothy. Paul write into a pastor called Timothy. Told him something very interesting. In Second Timothy chapter number 2. Verse 16, and it, it will come on my next point. But remember, I said study to show yourself approved, right? A, a workman who ought not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've had encounters where somebody has been given a revelation from the Lord, an enlightenment. There's an error they understand. And they begin to think the whole Bible only talks about that area and ignore everything else. And everybody else is forced. And usually you have to be careful about this, especially when you believe you've got an assignment in a particular area. You can turn every teaching, you can turn every teaching to be about that when it's not. And you can end up adding on to the words of the Lord Jesus. Let me show you. John 13, verse 6. John 13, verse 6. How many of you remember when Jesus was washing feet? So he came to Simon Peter and said, and Peter said to him, Lord, you're not washing my feet. Uh -huh. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Uh -huh. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Can you imagine the doctrine that would have been created here? What was Jesus trying to wash? The feet. But after Peter hears that if you are not washed, 
you have no part. He offers his hands and head as well. Did Jesus allow that? Look at verse 10. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed only needs to wash his feet. But he's completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. You see, there was something else Jesus was talking about. It, it seems people are happy to hear they only need to wash their feet. Especially in this wonderful month of June. Now, what I'm trying to say is, there was a revelation and Peter didn't understand it. His understanding had not yet reached the place where he understood what Jesus was symbolically trying to do. So because of that, imagine how the doctrine would have become an error because he wanted to offer his head and hands to. I'm telling you, it's possible, if you're not careful, to have started off on the right, but then you begin to ignore everything else the scripture says. And that's not a very good level of balance. Let me show you another one. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to show you how something can go from, it's really what the Lord has said, but it's taken a certain way. John chapter number 21. I want you to see verse... Now, in this chapter, we'll, we'll look at verse uh, 20. What had happened is Jesus tells Peter, saying, look, you're going to die for me like this. So the Bible says, Peter turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, and that's John, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Let's go on. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Let's go on. Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is it to you? You follow me. Look at the very next verse. Then this saying went among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but that if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? I, I, are you seeing that? Jesus said one thing. They heard their own. They heard their own thing. And before you know it, a saying went among the brethren. We are not even sure how many brethren it reached. But a saying went among the brethren. And yet that saying came directly from the words of Jesus. But people decided to be extreme about it. They added words where there were no words. They added, they added things where there were no additions. You find somebody is teaching and they come and say, you know what, uh, when Jesus was writing on the ground, uh, when they brought the woman who committed adultery, this is what Jesus was saying when he was writing on the ground. Are you kidding me? How did you know what was written on the ground? I've heard so many things. No, he wrote the sins of everyone. Oh my God. Do you know how long you would have taken? There were some guys there. What if there was that guy? What if there was that guy with many sins? I'm just saying, you know, sometimes the issue comes. And look, I'm not talking about a special insight. Of course, the Holy Spirit can give special revelation. And I'll teach how, well you, how you can use that. But I'm talking about literally adding something where there's nothing. No, I'm, I'm talking about literally just asking, no, think about it. You know, when the 5,000 men were fed, 15 of them, their names were A, B, C, D. <laughs> and, and, and for me, that's, that's something. Can I give you another one? Are you enjoying this? Yes. Let's read 2 Timothy from verse 15. And we're going to read up to verse 19. Because my next point has to do with... The, the, this one will give me even three points. But I think I'm going to talk about philosophies 
stories, fables, theories. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Shun profane Let me have the King James. So the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So in short, if you cannot rightly divide the word of truth, don't even, don't, no, I'm serious. Yeah, you've got no business standing before people because you need to be ashamed there. It says a workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Give me the amplified. I want to see what rightly divided means there. It says, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Now, the word of God must be handled well. Eh? Let's go on. Verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Uh-huh. And their word will eat. Can I have the new King James, please? Let's, let's go back to verse 16. Shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Let's go on. And their message will spread like cancer. Himanias and Philetus are of this sort. Uh -huh. Who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. I can give you about three or four points from this one. Can I give them to you? Number one, be careful. You know it says shun profane babblings and all those things. Just unnecessary theories. You know, Jesus was white and Jesus was black. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? His blood was red. His blood was red. I'm telling you, you if you're not careful, you can waste so much energy on something very unnecessary. Very unnecessary. You know another one I can tell you from this one? Don't try to create new foundations. Let me tell you what I mean. What was the problem with these guys? They strayed concerning the truth. And they began to deny that the resurrection has already passed. There are certain things which are fundamentals in Christianity. The virgin birth. That's a fundamental. That Jesus actually came and he became fully man. That although being God, he became fully man. That's a fundamental. You cannot run away from it. The fact that he actually died. He died. That, I mean, there was... It means if you brought a doctor and the doctor checked the body of Jesus, the doctor would have said, this man has died. The fact that he died, there was no pulse. There was, he was not breathing. He died. And then the fact that when he died, he was actually buried. He was buried in a tomb. And then the fact that he resurrected... And then let's also not end there. Then the fact that he ascended. The moment you remove certain things. You know, 
If you're not careful, and this is the error that, this is a danger that's there, trying to make something new out of everything. The moment you remove certain elements, the moment you, we let go of certain truths, we'll have, a, we'll have trouble. We'll have trouble. And that's why there are certain truths that you, we must consistently emphasize. Because remember, the moment we start questioning things like the resurrection, then there's no point having this faith that we have. That's what Paul said, saying, if Christ didn't resurrect, there's no point. There's no point. The moment we start questioning the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus made the work of the Holy Spirit so clear to be with you forever. I mean, how, how can a person literally just stand and say, no, the things that he was doing, he finished in the book of Acts. Where, where do you get that from? Which scripture? I'm telling you, a lot of things I hear are basically theories of men. Not consistent with the scriptures. No. Um, God only healed them. He doesn't heal now. Are you serious? Then you might as well say he only forgave them and he doesn't forgive now. And you'll notice these are areas where people have serious trouble. The moment we start straying from truths and try to create new ones. No, 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 no. How the word, the word of God is, is that the word of God is progressive. It's progressive. So a number of people are falling into error because the very fundamentals, and you know, it's sad. There are some who are changing them. Some have no idea about them. You find, you, 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 that's why you, you're watching us right now and you're not part of a church. You must join us. You must join us because we've got a lot of fundamental truth to teach you. You cannot properly survive as a believer if there are fundamentals that you have not been taught. There are fundamentals that every believer should know. So look at these guys. They strayed away and their teachings spread like cancer. False teachings have got an ability to spread like cancer. And you know what cancer does? Cancer attacks cells. It attacks the very basic units. And that's what false teachings can do. Why they make you question the very things that are fundamentals that brought us to the faith. Praise God. Quench that thirst to always be the one to, to always be the one with something new. Quench it. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. As a matter of fact, revelation increases when our foundations are solid. When our foundations are solid, we're actually creating the perfect platform for revelation. You can't just wake up today and you're the only one who's ever known. In all these 2,000 years of the gospel being preached, somehow it's only you. No, that's not possible. That's not how he works. Ask Elijah when he thought he was the only one. I'm telling you, that's not how he works. No, 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 no. That's not how he works. And if you've observed, that leads to a certain kind of arrogance. I can give several other things. Balance, learning to balance. When we talk about balancing, what it means is uh, get, and, and this one we'll focus on more next week because next week we're going to look at the aspect of context and scriptures. We'll look at the aspect of context and scriptures. I remember growing up thinking, oh my goodness. Um, I once heard somebody, there was something that we were able to afford and somebody wasn't able to. 
And I remember being in school and somebody had said, eh, anyways, one day, the Bible says the first shall be last. <laughs> and the last shall be first. I was concerned. And they used it in the context of, you may be able to afford this, but one day in the future, there'll be an exchange simply because God has designed it that way. Oh my goodness, I was so concerned. I was extremely concerned. I was very concerned. As a matter of fact, for some time, I was hoping I wouldn't be rich in the future because I'd heard somebody talk about how if you're a rich person, you're going to hell. As a matter of fact, the churches where people were doing well, where there were, there were a lot of prosperous people, a number of people would point them out. And I remember somebody literally coming to me and mentioning a church, which I won't mention, and saying, that church, they are Satanists. I said, really, how do you know? I said, have you seen the cars they drive? Where'd they get that theory from? Ah, ah, you can, I'm sure you've heard such a thing before. Said, have you seen those guys drive nice cars? It's because somebody told them something. Then maybe they've never read in Timothy where Paul was telling Timothy what to tell his rich believers. Saying, go tell the rich ABCD. That the rich ones should do ABCD and live like ABCD. That shows you they were wealthy believers. <laughs> what am I trying to say, ladies and gentlemen? When we, when we talk about balance, it's, it's where you, you try to look at something properly. Here is the woman. That woman gives two coins. And somebody will come and say, well, pastor, you can't be scolding us about our law giving when Jesus praised the woman who gave two coins. That's the problem. You didn't finish reading. That was all she had. Probably none of us has, have ever beaten her if we, were to, if we were to use fractions because she gave 100%. <laughs> I'm telling you. Somebody can use the to topic about two coins and say, because of that, don't be tithing because Jesus praised the woman who gave two coins. My friend, that, she didn't even give 10%. <laughs> she gave 100 What am I trying to say? There's that, there's that aspect of balance that's needed. A woman is caught in adultery. That woman is brought to Jesus. Jesus asks, saying, where are your accusers? Is there not anyone to condemn you? She said, there is no one to condemn me. And he says, okay, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Oh my God, how come we only remember him saying, let he who has no sin cast the first stone? Why don't we remember him also telling her not to continue living that sinful lifestyle? How come, we, how come in our heads we think it was... I, Jesus was not justifying her actions. Because... I'm telling you, there are so many crazy statements that believers have believed. You find a believer coming and saying, uh, maybe something very wrong, something morally wrong happens, maybe in a nation or everywhere, and believers come out and say, no, uh, no need to judge, and what they're really calling judging is correcting. Because, you know, we all sin in our own way. Are you kidding me? Is that what the Bible says? Doesn't the Bible tell us that as a church we should have a position on matters? Then the Bible tell us who to avoid and who not to avoid. Then the Bible tell us to judge matters among us. That sometimes we lack very simple balance. And it's because we don't pay attention. We don't read the scriptures. But that's why we're here. So next week, we're going to look at the aspect of context. How do you derive a context? How can you ensure that you are balanced? Even when you're reading the scriptures, you're not putting what's not there. And then after we look at context, the other week, we're going to look at revelation. Say, okay, pastor, now that you've taught me all this, where is the place for revelation? Where is the place for enlightenment? 
<laughs> Where is the place for something new? Praise God. Praise the Lord. How many of you have been blessed? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world came to us through sacrifice or heed these precious words of Christ, words of life. Words of hope, give us strength, help us cope in this world where we roam. Ancient words will guide us all, and ancient words ever true, changing me. And changing you, we have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient word impart holy words over faith handed down to this age came to us. Through sacrifice, oh, he bids precious words of Christ. Holy words, long preserved, long preserved for our world in this land. With God's own Everybody, let's go. Ancient words ever true. They're changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient word be Father, we thank you for your we say, O oh God, that it is holy. We say, O oh God, that it is precious. And Father, we ask that you increase us in insight. You increase us in understanding. That you enlighten our hearts. May these words come to life. In Jesus' name. Amen. At this moment, we're going to collect our offerings. And I would like us to give our offerings through the various uh, modalities that you can see on your screen. I'd like us to give our offerings. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then as we're giving our offerings, I pray you've enjoyed this. This is one of those that you must share with everybody. Everybody needs to hear this. Everyone needs to hear this. How many of you believe everybody needs to hear this? Everyone needs to hear this. I pray may the Lord preserve you from error. May the Lord find you faultless and blameless. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved and kept blameless in Jesus' name. 
praise God. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Spirit of God be with you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.